welcome to episode two of Network and Chill. I'm your host, Kieran Riley, and joining me, as always, the mouth of the South of London, Mr. Steve Russell. How are you doing? Is it really only episode two? It is only episode two. Christ, that is, uh, took a little while to get together. I mean, that was the pilot before. Mm. Um, we're going to do things a little bit differently today. We don't really... Like, usually we look at a pay-per-view, break it down match by match, so we have more of an outline. Today is going to be a bit more of just a general chit-chat, still with a topic in mind, but it's more breaking down lots of events rather than just matches on one event. Mm. Do you get me? Because today we're going to talk about the British Invasion, and I do not mean the tag team from TNA featuring... Oh, Dougie Williams. Doug Williams and Magnus. Um, I mean the British Invasion in terms of fucking the British scene today. It's absolutely bonkers. You don't think... When something happens, you think, okay, it can't get any more bonkers than this. And then Pete Dunne comes out with the progress title on on the WWE show. Um, So I don't know where to fucking start. I mean, when I was thinking about today, because that's when I start planning each podcast on the way, um, I I think the groundbreaking moment for me was Ricochet versus Will Ospreay. What, at New Japan? Yeah. Right? Because that was... Was it? Because that was featured all over the world. Yeah, that was a New Japan show. And it was on news websites in America... And that was, like, a breaking point in Will Ospreay's career. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was already over in Japan, but he was suddenly known all over the world. That was during last year's Best of Super Junior Tournament. Yes, and then that was the start of the, the Vader storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that was a pretty groundbreaking moment because that then set off... Set the wheels in motion. Marty started going over to America a lot more. He won... Um, Ring of Honor TV title. That's not what I was going to say. Okay. He won Bowler. Yes, he did. So Will became the first Brit to win... Zack Sabre Jr. is the PWG champion. Zack Sabre well. Jr. is the PWG champion. So Will Ospreay was the first Brit to win Super Juniors. Um, Marty was the second Brit to win I Bowler. think Sabre Jr. was the first, yeah. Yeah. And we've got Zack as the PWG title uh, champion. And then bring it back to uh, December 16th. Last year, the WWE announced the first ever United Kingdom Championship Tournament Live Classic, and that will be Dusty the name Road Classic. This. Yes, that will be the name of this podcast. Um, what do you think of it, all, Steve? Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting because there's there's two sides to this argument, to this same coin here. The one side is what you said: it's a British invasion within American soil. Uh, in terms of an influx of our talent going over and just stealing the show because it's this weird mix of... you got three guys, primarily, right, who are leading the charge. Would that be fair to say? It would. Zack Sabre, Marty, and Osprey. Yep. Right? Wouldn't pick those three guys. Who would you choose? Diamond Moser. Right? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Pete Dunne's obviously in the scene right now, and this is where we have to separate it. Right? Going back to this theory about two sides here, Kieran, okay? The one side is the British invasion. The other side is American plundering. All right? I'm going to pause right now. Okay. So Sorry. when you're editing this, 
you can enjoy my whispered voice in your ear. I thought you just. You uh, should stop, stop rubbing your nipples, Karen. You should <laughs> stop that right now. I'm not editing any of this out. Don't stop. I thought you would just improvise while I plug this in. Don't stop. But obviously, just not. keep going. I, I, there was part of me that thought, I, I can just leave it and not charge it. I'm sure it'll be fine. I don't need it. And then, and then as I was looking at it, I realised that we were recording straight onto it. <laughs> I do need it charged. You were saying, Pete Dunn's nipples or something? What? Uh, before you get too excited, yeah, no, the two sides of the coin are, are pretty simple. On the one side, you got the British invasion. Yes, the influx of talent going in, the three main guys. On the other side, you have the American plundering. One of yours? Could be. Um, or one of the many women that I'm seeing. <laughs> the, the plundering side of it is, is a thing that people should be more concerned about. Because with the WWE coming in and offering these interesting contracts and, and utilizing talent, but still allowing them to do indie dates and, and, and learn and stretch their wings that way, you have people like Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven. Those seem to be the major guys on the WWE circuit right now, British Strong Style uh, over here. And the, again, it's interesting, the two different camps. You have the people that are taking over, went over and made for the, a name for themselves based on their wrestling ability with this interesting throwback of, and this is why I think Jack Gallagher is so popular as well, Escapology, which was the British wrestling style that was so popular for the longest while before what we're living through now, which is an evolution of the British wrestling style, which matches the Escapology with Japanese strong style. You mash those two together, you get British strong style. And that's what's so interesting about it. Because I'm a big fan, because Escapology is like two steps away from catch wrestling and jiu-jitsu which I do I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu don't know if I've ever mentioned that to you before karate karate (laughs) jiu-jitsu school kaikashen taekwondo Um, but because of that there's a lot of basis in reality and how they move obviously some of it's ridiculous you know some of it is done for almost pantomime effect and it gets that desired reaction from the crowd because it is a show at the end of the day a show of athleticism sportsmanship and storytelling but it's the other side that interests me more, I'll be honest, because these guys have gone over and they've done a great job. And is because the Americans aren't familiar with it, but they're aware of where a lot of the uh, modern wrestling comes from. So many American wrestlers were inspired by British style shoot fighting. Like, um, is it Billy Robinson who, yeah. who like Daniel Bryan and uh, did some learning, I think, from Billy Robinson. And I could be 100% wrong in that. I'm sorry if I am, but I, I think that's correct. Uh, Nigel McGuinness, you know, people like this, um, they did, they earned their stripes, so to speak. You know, they, they've got a little bit of a basis with these genuine catch fighters who had to subvert their own real game in order to put on a show. Like, these are real fighters who could fuck you up who paired it back to put on a show. Yeah. And that generation then taught people how to hurt people but not hurt people. It's very interesting how it's evolved in that way. And it's all carny, all the way down, it's all carny. But the WWE side, the plundering, the, this utilization of the territory system, just like it was in the States right now, because um, this is the closest thing I think the world really has to a territory system right now that is on a worldwide level awareness. 
because I, I imagine places like Australia, they've got event, they've you know they'll have promotions. Japan will have different promotions compared to New Japan, NOAA, Zero One, whatever it happens to be, smaller ones as well. But in terms of being truly aware of a major territory system, and it may be because I live in London, you know uh, where we are. But you have stuff like uh, Progress, you have the Rev Pro, you have uh, IPW. And all of these, they seem to all exist with each other in this weird balance. And they all use each other's talents and they all push them in different ways. And some are good guys here in Baghdad. That's territory. That's all it is. It's just people haven't really stamped it as territory system. And we know what WWE did with the territory system in America. Yep. And it's starting to happen now. So yes, there's a British invasion in terms of an influx of talent appearing on mainstream product. But there's also an American invasion. <laughs> yes, because they're coming over and taking all our guys. And I'm half English, so before anybody <laughs> tries to dispute me on that because of an accent. Um, I completely agree. I mean... End of show. Thanks to our sponsors, Loot Crate, <laughs> Wrestle Crate, Squarespace, Squarespace.com, Lisa Mattress, Uber, DDP <laughs> Yoga. <laughs> um... I, I completely see where you're coming from. Fine, keeps lighting up. I'm going to turn it upside down. Sure. But two, do you see what I'm saying? It's two yeah. sides of the same coin. There's a British invasion, an but American also an American. Plundering. Yeah. Um, because you've got the idea of WWE doing their UK shows, featuring, saying, look, the UK talent is so good, the UK crowds are so good, that we're going to give you your own show with just UK talent and some of the 205 live guys. The saddest thing to consider... Right, and think of this just for a second. You have the old stalwarts. I was at one. I was at, if not the very first, then one of the very first IPW shows back when they were one of the only stalwarts back in the day, uh, in the Orpington Bingo Halls. Right, and I went to them pretty religiously for a while before going to university, and then I fell off the live scene a little bit. Even though there was um, live wrestling around Harrow, I never went to it because I just fell away from that world completely, and then I came back to it. But IPW, Rev Pro, no, they started around the same time. You got all these smaller. Wasn't Rev Pro uh, Andy coming away from IPW? It was, yeah. yeah. But you have all these smaller promotions that were existing, bringing in the import talent and keeping the scene alive, despite this weird bastardized version of what it was, which was, of course, the Americans go over. Yeah. Every time, of course, the talent, the imports go over. Um, to the chagrin of the people that were keeping the scene alive during a time when there was no real scene. And, you know, I'm talking about people like Jody Fleisch or... Um, Rockstar Spud. Rockstar Spud. The Johnny Hunter Brothers. Is it Johnny Kidd? Yeah. Johnny Storm. You know, people like that. And it's sad because they're older now. They're still just as talented, but it feels like the ship has gone on without them. They got us to this point, and now they're too far gone Potentially. I mean, you look at people like um, Danny Birch, who's Martin Stone yeah. over here. Um, and he wrestled, at, at the time of recording, he wrestled last night on NXT, Pete Dunne. And he looked great. He looked great. But he's older. Yep. And you can see it. But he, you can play that into a gimmick. Grizzled geezer vet. You know, it's, it's a thing. You can I mean, do tr- that. I mean, Trent Seven's like mid-30s. And he only started professionally like in the last quit his old job as a manager to call center right here yeah he's living the dream man that's the fucking rock star punk rock dream. him him and his friends brought a ring and now he's fucking 
on NXT. Now he's fucking. Now he's fucking. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you know. Isn't that what we all want, really? Yeah. But it's just... To, to take it back to the initial point here, bro, like, when did the British scene blow up? Tell me. What year? What, what year can you trace it all back to and say this is where it started? Without sounding like I'm sucking progress with dick, which I always... We do, I know. We do sound like that a lot. But, and I'm going to touch on this again, progress is fucking good. Mm-hmm. They book, well, you obviously have, you have to give credit to them, but then they wouldn't be as good if the wrestlers weren't as good. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So you have the credit both of them. I would bring it back to the point that progress started because they looked at how the British scene looked, not the guys themselves, but how the British the scene looked. The state of the scene, absolutely. The state of the scene, the venues that were being used, the look of the posters, um, and they said, look, this needs to change because mm-hmm. it's embarrassing. Cheap five-pound entertainment is what it kind of became. Yeah. Like advertisements in fish and chip shops and stuff like that. And the ticket prices were reflective of the quality of entertainment. Like, you need to know your worth. Um so yeah, I would bring it back to the point where progress started because what year was that? I want to say five years. So it's five years ago this year. Twenty twelve. You're right. Twenty twelve. We have seen a resurgence, revolution, renaissance. Fans of alliteration, you're welcome. Of pro wrestling in this country, and in five years, it could already be over. Yeah. Because of the American plundering, right? And. I'm sure there'll be people out there right now who decry this opinion and want to fight the all, the other side of like, yes, but it's exposure. It's great. It's great. I don't deny that. It's great that 23-year-old Dunn, 22, 23-year-old yeah. Dunn is on a worldwide level, whereas before he would be jobbing out to Sabu in some hall somewhere in uh, wherever the fuck, Bumfucksville, I don't know, uh, in some county in Essex. But we don't live in that world anymore. People are getting a chance to show themselves. And I think I believe that this is because of the rise in um, YouTube culture, like getting clips on there. You can have whole matches on there. People are getting seen in a way that they never were before. Like Enzo, I heard a story. He was found by Triple H through a promo that he did online. Yeah, which I don't think was wrestling related. Yeah, I, I don't know, but he did a promo and they invested interest in him and then invested in him and look at him now yeah you know i mean that's a crazy way to be i found. mean look at him now he's wow. been, been attacked hasn't he yeah by who by who by who, who? that's the question mm. but by coming in and taking all our guys all the top guys by making these deals with the bigger promotions to potentially have them on the network, and even if they're not on the network, network, they obviously have these contracts and deals in place. A, you scratch our back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah. And that's fine until it's not. And history, I believe, is repeating itself somewhat. Um, I mean, time knows all, and we will find out at some point um, just by living life. Knock on wood, we get there. But, you know, <laughs> but I believe that the way that the industry is going right now, the way the business is going right now, how we're treating our own guys, because they're just doing what's best for them. And nobody can ever blame anybody for that. That At that point, that stops being about bullshit nationalistic pride. It's not about being British. It's not about the British scene. It's about how can I best serve myself 
and on a grander level, how can I put food on the table for myself and my family? If, like, so Unpro, our, our company. How long was that? Five minutes before you uh, right. shamelessly shill ourselves. Unpro, I uh, haven't even done our first show yet, but, right, in a hypothetical... August 20th. August 20th, that is when the first show is. Um, and if you wanted to go, tickets are available at umprowrestling.co.uk forward slash tickets. We just updated the website and it looks really good. Yeah, I tweet about it sometimes at Steve Tendo, so follow me there. Anyway. <laughs> he's, he's so impressed <laughs> that I was able to get that in there. Um... That was actually Nando, in case you missed it. In the hypothetical situation that WWE offered us the rumoured amount that Progress and ICW have been offered to be on the network and be brought out, I would think, how much is that going to do for me? Right, so I'm going to have this much money. I can live happily. I can feed my family. I can help out my family, whatever. I can live comfortably. You can pay commentators. I can, I can pay um, people that want free tickets. Yes. So that sort of offered to talk over matches. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the guys that work for me can have a steady job. I would absolutely take that money. There would be no pride situation going on. Like that I'd be happy to call you boss. Good. Yeah. I would make you unhappy. I'd probably be like baby boss, boss baby. That's it's the a one. difference from me uh, calling me daddy. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would take the money. I mean, the rumored money could not be as much as I've it not is. heard a figure. I'm not. I don't even care to know. It, it's more. Again, it's it's it saddens me as much as it makes me happy because the world knows about our scene. And, yeah. and as you said, you pointed this out to me earlier when we were watching some Best of the Super Junior stuff. Um, the chants at the NXT TakeOver recently in Chicago, in Chi-Town, where they were chanting UK during the Tyler Bate uh, Pete Dunn match. Which is worlds away from booing whenever someone mentions... Like, usually if... You mentioned the US. Like, that's a heel tactic, mm. to be from the US in the UK, or to be from the UK in the US. That is how everyone goes, boo, you're not from where I'm from. It's lazy, nationalistic heat. And yeah. I said this to you earlier, this is what they're doing with Orton and Jinder right now. I'm not a fan of that stuff. It's too, it's too cliche, and in my opinion, it really just it reduces it down to that wrestling fans are redneck hillbilly attitude, because... Yeah. But you're never going to get away with it, uh, get away from it, because as long as you have non-Americans wrestling an American, you will always get those people going USA. Mm. Yeah. So to have a UK yeah. chant, <laughs> to have a UK chant um, in an arena predominantly full of Americans, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, I would have thought so. It's pretty fucking cool mm-hmm. um, for two young. English gentleman. Very young. Fucking 20-year-old Tyler Bate, younger than me, um, and Pete Dunn. Older than me. <laughs> um, Pete Dunn, who uh, punched me in the hand on uh, Monday. He was in... Uh, you sound so proud. I am, because I thought I was going to go the whole weekend without anything being about me, and I was like, dude, I need to get in someone's face. <laughs> so I got in Pete Dunn's face and he there punched you me. Um, do you sleep better at night for that? I do. You filthy mark. Really fucking hurt. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I'm going to be on... Did he proper whack you? He did. Oh, right on. Um, which I'm cool with, like... You're lucky you missed your face. I assume that's what he was going for. Probably. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm all cool for it. Um, I'll stick my middle finger up at anyone, even if you're old and female. Well-adjusted youth of today. Yeah, I've got to represent my people. <laughs> what, what, is he, what are your people? 
I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't established that yet. Yeah. Um, I have gold shoes on. Yeah, there is your people, the I gold, have, I have gold, gold people. I have gold Nike Air Force on and a Bieber Swish and a WWE t-shirt on. I really don't know what I'm going for. Um, but back on point. I thought, I thought this was the point. This was the point. To, to critique I your wardrobe. I just wanted to talk about my gold shoes. <laughs> um, I went to... He'll the, tweet a picture of them later if you don't believe him. The progress show I went to last. If you're lucky, maybe he'll take it? them off. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> I, I show a little ankle. I think I went to the chapter show, the London a chapter show, before... <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Before Strong Style. Yeah. Um, I can't remember too much of it. I, I mean, right, so I'm saying this as someone who regularly sucks the penis of progress. I didn't enjoy the show. It is a meaty, flavorful <laughs> cock, of, <laughs> cock of wonder. I did not enjoy that cock. That day. Which one? Um, I'm trying to... See, it was so forgettable. Mm. And I I don't know whose fault it is. It could just be my fault. Not everything's a winner. I could not have been in the right frame of mind. The main event was Pete Dunne. Oh, it was Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven versus Ring Kampf. Right. Which was a phenomenal match. But the rest of the show was so-so. Um, and I just wasn't feeling it. But... Um, that could have just been you, though, like you said. It could have been. I just might not have been in the right frame of mind. Tyler went to punch me whether he was actually going to connect or not I don't know it was all banner wasn't it I'm up for it um, and then Tra- why is the common denominator you getting punched I don't know what are you doing I always get why do you aggravate these people um, I, I know I, I went off on a tangent and I'm going to break it off into another tangent okay at Brixton last year yes oh we're going back in time now we're going to Brixton um, the show that Jodie was never at mm. because she's in no photos whatsoever um, it's just always a lie um, my friend Lewis who you met um, he got hit with the progress tag shields and his hand got cut open. Lawsuit. And he's never f- shut up about it. He's never been the same again. Just like I don't shut up about getting hit. So back to the first tangent. I go I go, and I just watch the show. I just want to enjoy the it show. It needs to be about me at least <laughs> once. You're the problem. So Tyler went to hit me and Trent was like, hey man, leave him alone. He's got nice shoes on. And Tyler was like, yeah, they're actually quite nice. And I was like, yes, my shoes save the day. The gold shoes? The gold shoes. It was the gold ones. And uh, Jim also pointed at me and went, I've got those. And I should have gone, oh, that's cool. But instead I went, I know. Oh. Which made me sound... That's very creepy. That's <laughs> so very creepy. odd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> These are actually yours. <laughs> I found them in your I, car. I uh, uh, broke into your apartment. <laughs> um, where were we? I think we were about to uh, start discussing your unhealthy... Obsession with Jim's feet. Breaking and entering <laughs> and sniffing of shoes before you wear them. So I didn't enjoy that show. Was that it? Was that the only point? <laughs> I think that was the only point before your diatribe. I thought I think it was good. But I've, I've learned a lot about you and how, how much you pay attention to certain people. I'm glad we uh, took that journey. Um, so, I've really forgotten. I'll just read it back to the initial point. Sweet. So British wrestling. Mm. <laughs> um... Some noticeable... So you mentioned earlier about WWE um, scratching other people's backs as well as the promotion scratching their backs. So some noticeable instances of that. Um, at the WWE UK Championship Tournament in Blackpool, they booked the second day for the same day that Progress were running, their first ever show in Birmingham. Mm. And as a little I'll scratch your back, not only did... I don't know how far back you are, how caught up you are with progress. 
can't remember. Well, you're on a, like you're on a wrestling about, podcast, so yeah. you're going to get spoilers. Well, we're not on a progress cast. No, that's So funny. I should be able to <laughs> avoid them, but read on. So Finn Balor came out at a progress show. He also appeared at I've an OTT show back in December, I think. Um, and they had Alistair Black wrestle Jimmy Havoc, mm. which was a cool little scratchy mm. back. And then Alistair Black went on to face Neville at the tournament. Um, another instance is Noam Dar will be appearing at an IC, it will be wrestling on an ICW event. Yeah, I saw that. Which is like I, I saw it after on the way home from Strongstar. I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> How is this happening? I wonder if Alicia Fox will be out with him. That would be interesting. Real crossover stuff. I mean, as a weird sort of juxtaposition, we seem to be entering this weird. It's it's. It's never been better or worse to be a wrestling fan. Mm. Let me extrapolate upon this point. It's never been better because there's never been such an influx of talent, like genuinely talented people all over the world at the same time with the opportunity to actually wrestle each other. We're seeing more dream matches realized now, I think, than ever before, right? But at the same time, I forgot my point. (laughs) <laughs> That's what happened to me. Yeah, no, I, I, my mind just went totally blank. What was I saying? Juxtaposition. With what? Oh, yes. Um, it's like comic books. Is it? It is. Let me, let me extrapolate upon this point. Comic books, in a way to sell more books of a lesser-selling comic... Let's Have say Spider-Man turn up. Yeah, well, let's say, for example, there's a Superman story, right? Uh, and the Superman story ties in and features in Wonder Woman, right? But Wonder Woman isn't doing too well right now. So what they'll do is they'll start the story in Superman, and then you'll have to buy different issues of a different book to get that one story all the way through. Right. Right? So all of a sudden, you're buying a different version of Superman, or you're buying a Batman book or a Wonder Woman book that you'd never buy before to get this one story arc, right? And it feels like we're starting to get the same thing more on an indie wrestling scene. Like, yes, this happens with NXT as well, but this is all part of the same thing. But for the first time, like you said, um, no, not the first time, but first time in a long time, a different promotions belt featured on WWE programming, which introduces the fact that there's a larger world of wrestling out there. And they've been doing this subtly over the years, if you've um, more attuned to it, like Ring of Honor and things like that. They've been using footage and photos from different places, and this is their subtle nod to the acceptance of, like, yeah, there's there's more than just a WWE out there. I mean, I guess they have to more so now. Yes. Because you can't pretend... You can't tell the story of Daniel Bryan without mentioning... Exactly. And it's because of this that they're starting to thread in multiple storylines across their own promotions. But you look at something like the working relationship that exists between Rev Pro and New Japan... Right, and you have um, Shibata dropping the, the Rev Pro title to uh, Zack Saber with the help of Suzuki Gun when he turned heel. So their belt over here is defended and lost over there. So when you come back, if you're not watching both products, you don't know what's happening. You're missing something, yeah. It's comic books. It's comic book mentality and threading through. You suddenly have to watch so much more because of it. And that's what was my initial point here was it's a great time to be a wrestling fan because there's so much good stuff to choose from. It's an awful time to be a wrestling fan because there's too much good stuff to choose from and there's only so many hours in the day. And then there's the threat of uh, 
other companies possibly going out of business. Yeah. For example, um, the owner of WAW, based in Norwich, mm. um, I believe Ricky Knight. Oh yeah. Believes that it um, is. Pages. Yeah. Yeah. Believes that it is a conspiracy against him and his family, and the company. Uh, why WWE ran their shows in the same venue? I mean, I don't think it did them much damage. Because there was a massive WAW poster. Did they put on an event on the same night or something? No, the week after. So and there was the a big old poster for it. Um, what's the problem? I don't know. There's no conflict of dates. I mean, I don't get why they ran in Norwich. I guess because it was a TV studio. Possibly. The right size. Um, not the right chairs. I uh, saw that. Garden chairs. Garden True. chairs. That, that, that feels almost distinctly British, though. Like it doesn't need to be. No, I don't disagree. They could be brought in a little bit of that American f- grandstanding. I the, felt you know. like I should complain about it, but at the same time, I was like, as I went to say, really, I paid fifty-five quid to sit on a garden chair. I heard myself saying, "Oh, I've got to sit on a garden chair," and I was like, "There's so much more shit, important shit to worry it's about." True. Um, Just be grateful that you have. Um, you don't have the average wrestling fan's heft. What do you mean by that? I, ex- I extrapolate no more. Take what you will from it. Okay. You are a life individual. I am. And it, it is to your benefit because garden chairs can only take so much weight. <laughs> oh, that's what you meant. There were some broken garden chairs. I have no doubt. What did they sit on after? Other garden chairs. Oh, God. Um... At least they were prepared for the fact that <laughs> there could be broken garden chairs. Yeah, um, there were some chairs that didn't exist. Right, so now we can start going into actual events. Sure. And you were there, I was not. I watched so on the network. I spent the weekend... So I went to night one of... No, night two of the original tournament, which we touched upon briefly before, was brilliant. How much did they pare it down? Because on the network it was only an hour and a half? Oh, the special. Um... Well, it was two days. Yeah, so of I mean, two and a half hours worth of wrestling. Right, so they cut out. You didn't see work. anything from the first day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went to the second night of the tournament, which was amazing, and I went to both nights of the Norwich shows. Um, like I said, only the second day was shown, and even so, some of the matches were cut out. Um, they gave Roy Johnson a microphone, which was brilliant because he deserves it. Was it due to quality, or do you think there may be they've got something planned for it later? Like, if they start to release an episodic show? Um, I mean, I can't imagine them being able to release the first day later because there were storylines that ran through the two shows, similar to the tournament, mm. um, because there were matches that were qualifying matches. I wonder why they didn't just upload both then. That's what I was expecting. Um, I don't know. I mean, the crowds were pretty shitty. The atmosphere was a lot better on the second day. The crowds were pretty shitty. How so? Just quiet? Or? I mean... I, I can't imagine them being quiet. They weren't quiet, but I've only ever been to Progress Indie shows. I've been to one Rev Pro show, mm. and I've been to a couple of LDN shows before. Um, but I'm, I mainly go to Progress shows. Um, so I don't know what the fans are like at WCPW or um, ICW or anywhere else, or IPW, but the chants just were really unfunny. Um, People trying to get themselves over? Yeah. I mean, I mean that does happen at Progress, but... It's a lot funnier. Like, Sam Grabwell was in the ring. Um, who is bald? So the fans' instant reaction was to name every bald person they could and just shout their name at him. And I was just like, that's not that funny. And then you've got, um, I can't remember his name, but his gimmick is Muscle Cat. Mm. And he looks a bit like Jesus. You can do the rest of the work <laughs> in your head. 
Um, muscle Cat. Muscle Cat. He's a good wrestler, and I like the gimmick, but they just shout every Jesus-related chant at him. Works for Pastor, uh, William Eva, who is on, um, I believe, um, Unprofessional Wrestling, The Man Who Will Be King. Um, but yeah, I, I just didn't... I don't want to moan and bitch, but I just didn't enjoy the chants. Mm. Um, You're allowed an opinion, though. Yeah. Um, I've got a wrestling podcast, haven't I? <laughs> um, but that was the only drawback for me. The wrestling was really good. Some of the characters I couldn't get behind, um, but their wrestling ability was great. I just didn't dig the characters. What I did dig was uh, Dan Maloney was a heel on the first day, and by default, because I don't know your knowledge on Alan Partridge. No. There is... This isn't going to sound funny, but it was for anyone in the know. Um, there's a Alan Partridge sketch... Well, it's not really a sketch. It's just a sitcom type thing where he plays a DJ I'm, on I'm local radio. I'm familiar with the concept, yeah. There is one scene where he's outside in a car park and he thinks he sees someone called Dan and he just shouts, Dan, for two minutes straight mm. and nothing else. It's super dry. It's um, like that advert, right? With a squirrel back in the day? Was Alan. Alan? That wasn't an advert. It was from a program. Oh, was it? About, like, where they dubbed over nature videos. Oh, fair enough. Mm. Same sort of vibe, though. Mm. Like, it's ripping that joke off. So he literally just goes, Dan! Dan, Dan, for two minutes. And mm. because every minute it goes on longer, it becomes funnier because yeah. of how ridiculous it is. So when Dan Maloney came out in Norwich, where Alan Partridge is based, everyone was shouting and screaming, Dan. So by default, they had to turn him face on the second day. Oh, fair enough. And they had uh, the match that you saw with him and Rich Swan against Brian Kendrick and TJ Perkins. Mm. And the spot that they did with um, TJ holding Brian Kendrick's arm thinking it was Dan Maloney and just punching it, looking out at the crowd, smiling, going, ah, look at what I'm doing. Loads of people slated it online, saying, oh, such a house show, such a pantomime thing to do. And I was like... What do you think wrestling is? It's a British wrestling show. Yeah. They might be Americans, but I thought it was super fucking funny. Yeah. I loved it. Um, it was childish. Not every match is going to be... The strong style... Yeah, Hardcore. not every match is going to have major dramatic gravitas to it. Wrestling is a variety show. Yeah. In That's a circus, like, you hear this all the time, but in a circus, you've got a trapeze artist, you've got someone who can lift weights. Like, it's a variety show. Um, so I found that super funny. Um, love Dan Maloney after that. We, I would love to get him on a non-pro show. Um, but, um... The point was, the shows were great. <laughs> they were fun Good. the security were weird the first night did not need to show my ticket at any point at all you just walked at in at all that's weird um, they gave you the option to show your ticket you know like when they the ushers show you to your seat yeah and I was like I, I can s- work it out I assume thanks. you showed your ticket to get into the building no. okay that's weird that is weird um, also I always bang on about this happened to me at a vaccines gig in Brighton um, like two weeks after the Paris attacks and it's just mind-blowing how... Lax some security can be. And then, yeah, so you had the option to show your ticket to the usher to find your seat, and I was like, I can work it out, thank you. Not in that dickish way, but I could work it out. Um, But then on the second night, complete opposite, the security were tight as fuck. Um, I don't know if they got told off. Rather have one rather than the other. Yeah, well, um, I'm not going to go on a tangent about it, but Jodie had some, like, perfume confiscated because we took all of our stuff with us to the second show so we were going home afterwards back to London oh right like luggage and stuff yeah so she got really expensive perfume taken away from her um, did you not collect it after the show 
well, we were told we could, and they were like, oh, it's been thrown away, sorry. The woman then phoned me while we were on our way to the station and said, I've got it. And she drove to us oh. and gave us the perfume, wow. which was super great. That's a little above and beyond. It is. Um, and I gave her, um, gave her a fiver, didn't I? Oh. Because I'm lovely. There you go. Buy yourself a drink. Because she didn't have to do that. So they took it off you, told you they didn't have it, said they did, and then you paid them to take it back what was yours. Well, she didn't have to drive... I just thought... Nice gesture. Nice gesture. Um, it would have been easier for her to just look for it while we were still there. You would have thought so. Yeah. Um, but the shows were great. And it was cool to see Pete Dunne with the Progress title, mm. as we mentioned a couple of times. Um, and Jim Smallman came out before suited the show up. started, suited up, um, and did his bit, but turns down his PG version. Was it during that, or... I think... what. Or maybe WrestleMania weekend as well. When they came out, there was like progress signs and stuff like that. Like he came out to that at um, the WWE show, but obviously it wasn't shown on TV. Yeah. But the progress title was. Yeah. And progress were referenced quite a few times. I think they were referenced on NXT. They have a very good relationship. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the relationship or having a relationship with this company is bad. What I'm saying is that it's going to immediately change what the scene has made of itself yeah going forward and we may not see it immediately <coughs> excuse me it may not be within this five year remit uh, it may be in the next two, uh, one two three years but the resurgence that we've seen is already already pivoting into something else and I don't know if it's going to be good or not because you've got two options right there's going to be two immediate fallouts one everybody who gets signed to WWE and can't do the indies right because um, there's not been any real further push on a UK show, to my knowledge. These people are under contract and so can't wrestle for the under other indies. So you have mid-card top-tier guys who came up through the ranks and became men inventors over here that we can no longer use, we can no longer see. Are you talking about the guys that are just signed to the UK stuff? Just signed to WWE. So, like, Tommy End? Mm. Right. Yeah, because right now, right now, and this is what's key to remember, there does seem to be that flexibility that we talked about earlier where people like Pete Dunne can still go and do indie dates. But he cannot appear... Live. Live. Um, Replays are fine. And... Are they? Tape delay? Yeah, I, th- I think IPW were able to do that Flow Slam thing and get it on Flow Slam after, I think. Right. Or were they? Because I think maybe they rescheduled the match entirely. I know they put it on first... Mm. And then uh, there was a Lucha Forever show which featured Trent Seven. The match featured Trent Seven, and it was mid-card. So I guess they just went off-air for a bit. That's what I mean. Either which way, the confusion over this shows the complexity of the deal. Yeah, I mean, Progress and ICW are fine because we know of the working relationship. Um, They have no problems featuring their guys. It all goes up on demand. Did you see, incidentally, Flow Slam increased the price of their service by $10? I did. I have not subscribed. A bit ridiculous. And I don't see why I should. 30 bucks is way too much. I'm not interested enough in the promotions that are featured. Um, and from what I've heard, the uh, live streams are not that great. Ring of Honors weren't great at first either. When, mm. when new companies come to new technology like that, it's, it's a teething process. Yeah, it's it not good because the fans are the ones who suffer, especially when they're trying to support this thing. 
but there will always inevitably be teething process, uh, teething problems. Yeah, I mean, I believe that, um, and this is easy for me to say when I don't run a fucking successful organization or whatever. Um, the money should, the money and focus should mainly go into the live product because that's what everyone is buying a ticket for. Mm. But obviously, if there's money in, um, you're really intense. Looking at my T-shirt. Yeah, I've just he's wearing a Ballard Club shirt, and I'm very confused because the font is weird. Your your eye is not an eye. Your eye is a one, and I didn't realize that about the T-shirt. I don't know if that's that does. I don't know. That doesn't look like um, peeling on the top and bottom. No, it doesn't. That's that's a one. That's a one. I don't know why. Didn't even notice that on your own shirt, eh? I didn't. Um, I didn't notice that until looking at I'm it. I'm not gonna search it up right now. <laughs> if, I, if I click on anything else on this laptop. It'll blow up. We will crash. Um, what was the sign? Sorry, I didn't, <laughs> didn't mean to uh, observe your shirt you so, it uh, so closely. Um, it's just an interesting thing. Uh, number one? I, I don't know. I'm spitballing now. I've never heard it mentioned. Mm. Um, yeah, so I would think that the money and focus would go into the live event because that's what the fans come back to see. But if there's money in on-demand service and live streaming it's it's difficult because i would say that it would need to be split both ways because you obviously want to service the people that have gone out of their way to pay their hard-earned money to come and see you they're there they're live they want that experience but at the same time that's just a fraction of the people who could be interested in your product so if you're offering ip uh, ipbv and there are people who are willing to put the money down and sit at their computer or stream it to their television to watch it they deserve a good experience too yeah. and it's the easiest way to throw out as big a net as possible to grab as many people in one when show one showing so yes there, there would probably be teething problems but that doesn't necessarily make it okay because they're the ones like like early adopters like if you bought the new xbox or whatever and just straight out the gate there was a critical error within it that just made them all fail that's no good you know and you you were there day one how's that okay still happens though doesn't it it does still happen technology is fickle like that um but even like with the keeping to the topic of the british invasion mm-hmm. that is even true you don't even have to look at wwe um there's a tag team who are coming up strong at the minute, CCK, um, Chris Brooks and Kid Lycos. Usually, when a foreign title is defended on a local show, so an imported title, I guess, the automatic assumption is, well, the champions are going over, right? They just won the the CZW tag titles, which is super cool. They're winning every fucking tag title. Um, what promotion did they win that in? Lucha Forever, which is a brand new promotion. I've heard of them. Um, I believe. Where are they based? All over. They're not. They haven't. I don't think they've done two shows in one place yet. Hmm. They've done. They've done Birmingham, Manchester. Should check them out. We should. Um, Come to London. They've just cancelled a show somewhere. I bet it was London. I think it was. Sons of bitches. There was some. Uh, I mean, you get like rumors and people saying bad things about everyone but um, I think there were some teething problems with uh, some talent were not collected from an airport oh how cagey we'll talk about this off mic we should um, <laughs> um, but yeah I, I believe I could be wrong it's owned by Will Ospreay and oh. Ryan Smile it's interesting because just like with most things in business money makes money 
and it's nice to see a lot of these wrestlers invest into their own scene because it's creating another new promotion. They do have an obvious bankroll to put into because I'm guessing surely Osprey is just completely full time now. Yeah. Um, whatever job he worked prior, because I heard he was a mastic man. What's a mastic? So you know this bit on your window. Yeah. I'm pointing to the uh, filler. Like a ceiling. I guess. I think he just put that in. Oh. Okay. I heard it was construction <laughs> or something like that. But I mean, that might just be one part of it. Yeah. The, the idea that this international talent was going around to Japan, all around the UK, to America, and coming back and doing that. Yeah. Is, or is selling skinny jeans in Top Man. Yeah. Which is not what Marty Skull's doing. He is. Well, the muscle fits. The muscle fits yeah, suit. Yeah, the muscle fits suit. Um, and I love Marty, but it's not like he's built like uh, Brock Lesnar. No. Is it? I'd like to see Brock Lesnar in one of those suits. I would. I'd be like Ferrigno Hulk or some shit. But... See, this is such a weird podcast to do. Because we, we don't have something to just come back to. It's not like it's, like it's really just capturing a stream of consciousness conversation. But we obviously have um, salient points to make. I just think that... I, I'm, I'm proud of what the British scene has created of itself and for itself you compare it to the past and there's just no comparison point and i came onto it halfway through 2014 i started really paying attention and then i started going to progress shows uh and then like last year i was at so many shows but i was not impressed with a lot of the crowds and the it's it's stupid because you go for the atmosphere you go to be live but that live atmosphere was ruined so much for me by just a, a core contingent of, like, dickheads just trying to get themselves over. Yeah, when I was at uh, the SmackDown tapings earlier... Is it June now yet? Yes, yeah, June. June 1st today. Bloody hell. Pinch and a punch, I man. I know, right? Halfway um, through. So when I went to the SmackDown tapings in May, they taped 205 Live after SmackDown, and there was just these two drunk guys sat next to me shouting who the fuck is this at everyone that came out on 205 Live so they're obviously they either just don't pay attention to it or they just turn up because oh do you remember WWE mm. they're in London um, and it was just so I mean it was offensive but without like getting all worked up over something that's not that important at the end of the day it was just you don't go to a show and disrespect people like that I think it's just frustrating though because like people make the argument You've paid your money. You can do or say whatever you want within reason. You know, obviously you can't go out and start racial slurs or some shit like that, obviously. Yeah. But I don't think that necessarily flies because I pay my money too to enjoy this show. And if I want to enjoy it without having to tolerate this dickhead contingent that have no basic courtesy and are just there to try and make themselves laugh or get themselves over. Like, in my opinion, you're the worst kind of fan. Yeah. You are literally the worst kind of fan. And if you're doing that right now, if sorry, let me let me phrase it even simpler. If you happen to be listening to this and you just got offended, you're that kind of fan. Yep. Really as simple as that. And um, it happens less and less at progress shows and ICW shows because tickets are so hard to come by 
you don't get casual fans going to those shows anymore. There's a transparency as well. I, I think that them calling their fans out yeah. on their bullshit on their podcast, which they know the fans will listen to because, as you say, it's a hardcore audience, it shames them. Yeah. It's, 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 it's embarrassing because it's like children having to be taught. It's well, fucking at ridiculous. the strong style uh, this weekend, um, the, just before the show started, John was like, uh, who owned one of the owners of Progress, um, he did an announcement saying, look, there's some people who have paid for seats and they can't get seats. So he went round, he had to go around the whole room and make sure, get everyone to ri- hold their wristbands up to show who had a ticket. Who got shamed? They got shamed because there was a row of six empty chairs that someone went, there's six chairs right here. But was, it, was that the right row? It was the right row. Oh. Um, but from John's perspective up in his box, he couldn't see down there. And it took for someone to go, there's six chairs right here. One of the last times I went to Progress, we had a problem with um, somebody who wasn't meant to be sitting down, sitting down in the row in front. Now... There's numerous sides to this situation. That was the same show where you threatened to tell security that I wasn't supposed to be in front row, and then security genuinely asked me to get my ticket out. That's right. And I had no signal, so I couldn't access my ticket. That's right. And I was like, please come back in a minute. And I was like, what's Steve done? Ours was a friendship born out of ripping the shit out of each other. It was, but um, your point... Yeah, um, some some jerk sat down in front of my friend Zoe, who's only a small, petite girl, a uh, lovely person, good friend, but, like, she couldn't see, because this guy who shouldn't have sat down in the chair was sitting in it. Admittedly, it was an empty chair. But, let's pair it all the way back down, let's reduce this shit to its basic corporate components. What ticket did you buy? Don't fucking sit down. Yeah. Simple. Right? So she tweeted at the Progress Twitter account, and we had to make a fucking code so John knew where we were to discreetly come over and get this guy to come and stand up out of the chair. The code, incidentally, was pretty simple. It was coming near an end of a match, so it was really handy, and uh, it was just throwing a heart up with our hands. So all four of us threw a heart up with our hands, and he saw us pretty quickly and came with dealt with the situation. Right. But like, it's re- it, it is ridiculous that you have to deal with that at all. I think we've gone way far off the point here, but the br- I don't know. We can tie it in, actually. And the topic's British wrestling, so the scene, we've got a big net to throw. Yeah, it's just frustrating because the scene is something just to be so proud of. Again, it's, it's the proverbial pulling yourself up from your bootstraps. It's a very British attitude, that stiff upper lip of it will get better, but we have to make it better. So they did that. Not just progress. I'm talking everyone here. Uh, I, I would say that the main two would be RevPro and, and, and Progress that really pushed it forward into where it's at now. Um, and ICW as well. I've, I've not personally really watched ICW, but I can't discount what they've done at all. And I personally find the crowd atmosphere when I first started going to Progress was amazing. It was great. It, it, you could see why people espouse this ideology of like, it's like a family, it's like this, it's like that. And it's not that anymore. It's grown too big for where it's at. It's grown too big and evolved from the point of where it began. It's a different animal now. It's a different product now. 
the shows are the same. The stories are still really well told. The matches are still great. But I think that the crowds are becoming worse. And I think that's, that's a primary problem for the UK scene. And that's not me being some crotchety old motherfucker. That's it, just me as a guy who looks forward to an event, wants to watch wrestling, and has some drunk dickhead in front of them or to their side of them, or like some guy who's not aware of personal space or stinks to high heaven or has like, taken up your chair because he can't fit in a standard. All these awful basic things. And I know that what you're probably thinking at home right now is don't go watch the event at home and you'll be much happier and in a lot of ways I have but I miss supporting it and that's what it kind of comes down to because you can support it by watching at home you can pay for these um, subscription services but to go out and it's, it's, it's costly it's not cheap and I get that if you go to a lot of shows you know what I'm talking about it affects your bank balance man I'm with you on that and that's why it matters all the more. When you're paying 20, 30, 40 pounds, maybe as high as 50 or more for a ticket, that you should be able to have a good experience without having to have your night ruined because of some, some, somebody who just lacks basic manners and courtesy, who gets a little drunk and we've all been there, you know? <laughs> we've all been a little drunk, but even when I'm a little drunk and maybe boisterous, I've never been obnoxious about it like that i have i'm sure you have you, you enjoy being punched by pete dunn i've um i don't know if you were at the show i don't know if i've spoken about it before um oh you're exclusive marty was uh first name basis do you notice that i call him mr Skrull, but sorry um should i call him by his real name i don't know what his real name is martin <laughs> martin probably um i'm sure jody knows um marty was threatening people with uh, umbrellas as he does and the the progress, uh, the staff who are projo trainees mm. went into the ring and he just turned around with his umbrella and they all fucked off. And I'd had a lot of uh, Jack Daniels in my system and I shouted something to the extent of, How do you expect to be wrestlers if you're scared of a fucking umbrella? And I then apologised in the Facebook group the next day. Did anybody listen to your apology? Yes, they were like, It's good of you to apologise. And I was like, <laughs> See, that is the worst kind of fucking smarky bullshit, isn't it, really? Because you mm. had too much to drink. It's good of you to, to know it, though. Yeah. It's good of you because I think that's what makes you different to the other people that we're actually talking about here is an awareness. Yeah. Right? You Even when you said it, you were probably deep down aware. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be saying this. But in the moment is in the moment. And I'm guessing you didn't go on and on and on about no. the point. But it, it's it's just... Like I say, you pay for your ticket, go have a good time. There's no problem saying a couple things to make yourself laugh or make your friends laugh. But if you constantly push the same shit all through the night, that's different. And there's no rhythm to the chant so that it can't fucking take off. <laughs> the worst one is just the moose. I don't know if people are still doing that. I'm but like, so fortunate that I've not gone to enough shows where that is a thing. Just, I remember there w- it happened at a progress show. One of the last ones I went to, a small uh, group of people, like literally four or five were trying to do it. And they were the only ones in 700 people finding it funny. They were cracking up, giggling like fucking hags. And it really annoyed me because it's just like every, you could see everybody wasn't enjoying it. Yeah. Everybody was far too polite. 
and far too cordial and I guess British yep. to say anything about it. That's us. <laughs> and that, I'm, I guess I'm more British than I know. And my half Englishness wouldn't allow me to say anything either. But I don't know. It just it really bothers me because it just it again. It's a lot of money to go and have a night ruined. Yeah. You know. So to bring it back on point, the British scene in terms of the wrestling quality, in terms of expanding out into the world, is fantastic. How can we argue otherwise? You know, it's great because it's it's shining a light on these shores in a way that people have never looked at before. Like you know that Trips and Vince, first name basis, are aware of the majority of the top guys here. Even if they're not signed in any real capacity. Like, for example, like Zach Gibson is signed to World of Sport. Right? You tell me they haven't watched tape on Zach Gibson? They absolutely have. Like they would have really considered him for the UK tournament. Yep, and I think Regal was. Um, he's quite high on him, I think. He's also quite high on Mike Skull. Yeah, how can he not be? Yeah, and he's been spoken about by William Regal and Triple H. And obviously, he's signed to New Japan and Ring of Honor now. Mm. But um, I'm sure in the future, yeah, the time will come. But we are at a point where guys like the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. Um, are saying that they're making more money on the indies. The Young Bucks merchandise sales alone. I think it was uh, one. I think it was Matt Jackson. He said uh, he sent out a tweet. Did you see this? It was like seven years ago. He couldn't afford to buy himself a lunch, and he's just bought himself a house based yeah. off like Young Bunch, Young Bucks merchandise sales. And they're being sold in Hot Topic now. Yeah, it's yeah. great New Japan stuff too. Yeah, it's amazing. I wish we had a Hot Topic over here because. I want some New Japan shirts, but I don't want to fucking deal with NJBW Europe or, like, importing them from Japan. I just brought a uh, Marty Skill t-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees. I want to use them. Let me know about your experience with them. I've always had a good experience. Have doesn't take too long. Yeah. What's uh, the sort of wait time? Uh, t- two weeks. That's all right. Maybe a bit longer. Um, the t-shirt has now arrived, but the day after I brought it, Marty opened a UK store. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, shit, I've just spent... Is like, the Villain Club shirt on there? I'm not sure. I really want that villain. But it was the... Uh, it's, it's more of a Said casual... every... <laughs> every uh, smart ever. It's more of a casual t-shirt. It's like the white with the black collar and trim around I'm the sleeves. i that. It's a lot more casual. It's not an obvious wrestling t-shirt. Talk to the kids. Let me look it up. Um, so I brought it and paid 20 quid, or probably more, for shipping, because I'm a big Marty fan. Um, but then he opened a UK store. But he only put a certain amount of t-shirts on sale. What is his UK store? Um, I think it's on Portrait of a Wrestler. I think they host it. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Interesting sort of way to do it. It is. I mean, you'd think you just open a fucking Shopify, right? Is that what everyone else does? Etsy. Yeah, well, that, that's what Pete Dunn does. Um, while you're looking, I will take this time <laughs> to thank our sponsors. No, um, I will plug... DDP yoga. I will plug Unprofessional Wrestling for a bit. Talking of t-shirts, Unprofessional Wrestling are now selling t-shirts through MerchBritannia.com. It looks great. It does look great. I've brought a t-shirt, um, even though I should have got one for free. No, I'm joking. Um, I brought it and didn't even bother asking because I'm just a good guy. And, and I got f- like seven quid out of it because I got some of my money back. Um, Unprofessional Wrestling are now selling t-shirts through Merch Britannia um, for our debut show that is the one out of stock 20 quid I think I paid that plus 20 quid for shipping but I also brought the Chris Hero versus CM Punk t-shirt which I've wanted for a while and that was 27 quid I think Um, 
not doing shipping. Yes, one professional wrestling, the man who would be king t-shirts now available at merchbritannia.com. They're really cool and they now feature our new logo, which uh, you might see on Twitter and Facebook if you search unprofessional wrestling or unpro underscore wrestling. Um, We've just announced Sebastian for the show and we've also had two matches announced, which I'm really fucking super excited for. We've got Ginny versus Nina Samuels, um, two of the best women wrestlers in the world. Um... And we've announced Chuck Mumbo and Prince Jato versus Kyle Ashmore and Matt Waters. Um, Prince Jato is a friend of mine, so it's super cool to have him on the show. Um, and Matt Waters used to train me, mm. which is cool. And Cara Noir, also now announced for the show, um, he also used to train me. So it's great to be able to see those guys again. I mean, I did see Prince Jato late last year when I tried to record an interview with him and we lost the whole thing which is a waste did you ever find it? no no it's back down the back of the sofa isn't it? <laughs> yeah no stacked roster good matches and that's just a just a tease just yeah a little, we have not yet something. announced anything for the tournament I mean it's obvious who's in the tournament now but who faces who and how they go forward and but everything else is still a secret yeah. but that is only until we reach 500 likes on the Facebook page. I'm going to sound like a dick, but when we were at just before 400 likes, I think, I was like, right, to get them all likes, we'll announce a women's match at 400 likes, a tag team match at 450, and then details on the tournament at 500. Yeah, that's smart to drive traffic. It was smart, but we reached those goals super quick. Oh, And I was like, shit. One by one by one. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we haven't got to 500 yet, but we're super close. We're about 20 away. I'm looking forward to seeing how this tournament unfolds, man. Like, the stacked roster on there, um, they're all major contenders. Like, anyone could take it. So to see them go through whoever happens to be and this, there's a lot of really good... Like, every matchup is a winner, yep. really. No matter how it falls, no matter how you go or who advances, every match is a winner. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I don't know if I'm going to sound like a bad promoter. So, you can advise me if we cut this bit out. But it is super cool to... Obviously, there are going to be stories being told. But it is super cool to just be able to go... As if I was playing with action figures, just go, right, you two, fight for me and I'll pay you money. Um, that is fun to be able to do. But I'm not doing it just as a dream match scenario. There are reasons behind everything that will take place. And um, I'm sure you'll be wanting to buy a ticket to the next show when you leave. At the end of the show and not during. <laughs> Hopefully. Did you find the T-shirt? Did I, did I, did I do a good job at... Well, Stalling while you found the Marty T-shirt. Yeah. Do you like it? It's nice. Yeah. So I paid about forty quid. I quite, I'm a big fan of that um, black collar, black. I love Steve that. Trim, like I've got the, a red version for the vaccines, but I love those sort of T-shirts. The major seller that was like that recently was the CM Punk one. Yes. Do you remember? But that shirt sucked. Right. I love the design, but the design of it, like to wash it, it starts to fade super quick. And I was really angry about it, but at the same time when I started watching the crowd and I saw everybody's shirt was fading, I knew it wasn't just mine. When I brought the Miz t-shirt, I'm going to try and talk about this without crying. Um, I brought the Miz's t-shirt, this was like 2009, where he was, where the awesome thing was just coming in. Mm -hmm. And he had the, hello, my name is awesome. And had the Miz logo on the sleeve. 
Um, my mum washed it, and within one wash, the whole print just disintegrated. Like a Camden t-shirt. Like a Camden t-shirt. Um, star smucks. Um, and I blamed my mum. And we haven't spoken since, guys. We, d- we didn't talk for a week, Ugh. and it was so stupid. Christmas has been so awkward ever since. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, you got to buy me a new one. And I was just being a dick. I was upset that my T-shirt was ruined. Um, and then I, I was just walking home from school one day, and I was like, this is fucking dumb. I'm going to go hug my mum. <laughs> so I want you to all go and hug your mum, if you can. That would be great. Thank Message you. brought to you from Bailey. Yes. By Bailey. Um... T-shirt's super nice. The mighty one. The That shirt is nice. I actually really like the design of the Unpro shirt. I think it looks really smart. Without blowing my own trumpet, I think it looks super cool. Mm. I'm really impressed with it. Um, and all the other stuff on Merch Britannia, I mean, we're not sponsored, but um, if they want to sponsor it, that'd be great. Um, all the other stuff on Merch Britannia is great. Um, Jim Maitland, the guy who designed it, he's super cool. Uh, and all of his other design work has been great. Um, we also have a theme song. Um, maybe I'll play it at the end of the podcast. Do it. Um, that has been done by the South Wales Kings, who did Eddie Dennis's new music. I've not heard it. Which is super great. Um, I think he's been using it for a while, but he couldn't get. He could get Party Hard by Andrew WK. He signed up. I saw the Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Andrew WK said it's fine. Yeah, but he didn't own the rights to the song. Sony did. And Uh, Sony were not happy. Oh. Boo. That's unbelievable that you don't own the own rights to your own song. Did he sell the catalog or was it just part of the contract? No idea. Weird. So Eddie came out, he did the normal entrance and then did his new entrance uh, and then they just cut out the... uh... Mm. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but let's talk about it. Um, Progress, ICW, and I think RevPro have been using custom entrance music. I wanted to ask you, as a New Japan fan, am I right in saying that New Japan play the normal music into the arena and then dub over it with their own music? I believe so. Um, obviously, I've, I've, I've never been to a live New Japan show <clears throat> yet, but... Uh, during the live streams or if you're watching on New Japan World, you can, for, for certain music, it cuts out to nothing and it comes up saying, like, due to potential copyright issues, there's no sound and the sound will kick in once the music's cut off as well. So they're obviously playing something. Instagram. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's uh, licensed music per se. Or alternatively, it could be licensed and okay in Japan, but owned by different people in America or owned by different people in the UK, and hence licensing issues. That's the only thing I can think of. How I feel about the new theme music for everybody, I I don't I don't see how that's a bad thing. I think it's kind of cool. Like it's uh, it's pretty corporate. Yeah. It's it's pretty the antithesis of kind of punk rock to a point, but in terms of. Uh, creating an air professionalism akin to the WWE, I see no problem with it because everything then belongs to them. Everything then belongs and is original and is curated just for the wrestler, just like it is in the WWE. And that, I think that's pretty boss. I think the only problem that I'm going to have is Progress are now doing an annual show called Unboxing Live mm. um, where none of the matches or talent are announced previous uh, beforehand. Um, um, 
that was like the greatest part of it last year was when the music hit in. Mm. When Marty came out and no one, well, Marty had new music at the time and it was the first time he used it. And no this one is the was, Ring of Honor music. Yes. Yeah, I like that. And no one was quite sure what was going to happen. Marty came out with a box and he opened it. The uh, Party Marty, Zach Sever Jr. leader's music hit and Zach popped out of the box. So just the moments where you didn't know who was going to come out and then that distinctive music starts playing. Again, but all that takes is a little bit of reprogramming and yeah. adjustment because after a couple of shows you will then recognize the new music for these people that's all it is it's just like when uh, if a wrestler changes their wrestling theme in TNA or, uh, or WWE or wherever it's just an adjustment period I guess um, as we're talking about British wrestling we've never spoken about WCPW before mm. but we're going to they've had to cancel their. they do like a weekly show I believe called Loaded they did. They did, right. So that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. They've had to cancel tapings for that and the whole show altogether because YouTube's, from what I understand, some adverts were playing on some hate speech videos, which led to a lot of advertisers saying, well, we don't want to be associated with any of this. We're going to pull out. So YouTube tightened their guidelines and... Um, didn't put as much advertising or lowered the amount of money you could make on videos that were categorised in a certain way. And wrestling has been categorised as... I'm not sure what the word for it was. I think it was offensive content. Offensive content, um, which meant that WCW, WCPW, for a video with, like, 4 million views, they made something like £4,000, which meant it wasn't in their best interest or they just couldn't afford... To continue to it's not financially viable anymore. Yeah, they couldn't put out free content anymore. Um, there's a petition been set up to make wrestling no longer offensive content. I think there are ways around it. You can mark the fact that it's 18 or whatever and still have advertisements on it. Mm. I mean, WWE is PG and they have all sorts of advertising. Yeah. I mean, I don't know YouTube that well. I watch some YouTube. I like some YouTubers... But uh, it's not real because, like, people who seem to be into YouTube are, like, super into fucking YouTube. Like, it's yeah. all they watch and they know all the personalities and they do the vlogs or whatever. Um, that's not me. But it's, it's, it's interesting because WCPW were trying to do something that's pretty fucking cool for the community. They were trying to expand the British scene and they were trying to give a free product to get people interested to then pony up and come to their major shows and their pay-per-views that they showed on iPay-per-view and you know it, it all rolls into each other like that I'll put in a little overlap so what WCPW were trying to do was in my opinion completely admirable because they're just trying to expand their own personal product which in turn grows the British scene and indie wrestling because I'm all for indie anything really um and it exposes people to wrestlers, matches, and culture that they may not normally see. I mean, WCPW, let's not kid ourselves, they, they do have a lot of imports in, yeah. but they also help to cultivate their the homegrown scene. The import talents don't necessarily just go over the homegrown talents, to my knowledge. I've only watched a few of their events, um, and I never got into their YouTube show, despite it being free. But, again... How can you 
how could you criticize them in any way, shape, or form for wanting to do that? It just makes good business sense within the model that they were working in previously, where they release it for free, money from advertisers, then pays it off. Maybe they get into the black a little bit, make a little profit, to then segue into the next show, and then the big ones are the pay-per-views at the end of the month. Yeah. Like, that's good. That makes sense. I think more promotions should be veering towards that, utilizing the technology that's available to basically build and garner interest into a big blow-off show every time. Well, there's so many comments on progress fan pages saying I got into progress because of the free show that was posted I think it was chapter 13 chapter 13 that was was, when I watched was posted on YouTube same way I got into it was posted on YouTube because there was something wrong with one of the cameras and there was something that was out of sync I'm pretty sure that's right so they put it up on uh, for free and it had Prince Devitt on it I believe the Joker yeah Um, and there's so many people that say I got into progress because of this and they only did it well, they could have done it somewhere across the line, down mm. the line, but they did it because we can't expect you to pay for this because it's not up to scratch with anything else. Um, There's pride in work. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, to put out that product for free is great and to not be paid the money that perhaps they should. I don't think that wrestling... I mean, CZW, yeah, that's possibly offensive content, but I think a family-friendly, vaguely show... I think they should get away with. Again, like you said, you can age rate your product as well. And yeah. then you're, you're getting potentially appropriate adverts for that, whether that means it's cars because you have more disposable income or, or alcohol or whatever it is. It's not like you're going to do 18 and then it's going to be sex friend finder or whatever. Yeah. But like, it, 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 I think that there should be an appeal to it. I think that it sucks that they've gone through this considering it, it was... It was a good, solid business model, and it made sense because it just generated revenue that they then reinvested into the show, and it became a cycle, much in the same way as, this is a bit of an abstract comparison point, but like, you mentioned the Projo um, trainees, right? They, They just created their own development cycle. Right where they would train them up, they come to main shows, chapter shows, and so on and so forth. This was the same, but on a show-wide level, where they had the little feeder shows that generated interest into the main shows. So, YouTube doing this, it's obviously it, it it's had this adverse effect that I think YouTube weren't even aware of, and I think that if they can strike up enough interest to appeal and then potentially repeal it, I think it could be done. Yeah, I agree with that. Um... And we'll start to wrap things up um, because we're getting we're past the hour mark. Um, it's been a good good conversation though. It has a couple of tangents, but all within discussion, as you said, of the British scene as a whole. Which we cannot talk about without mentioning news that has broke today mm. that um, Five Star Wrestling's one hundred and twenty eight man tournament, um, possibly featuring CM Punk is no longer going ahead. They haven't officially announced anything, but um, talent that were scheduled to appear, but unannounced. This is very difficult, right? Because... Is this confirmed? Like 100% confirmed? Wrestlers... Right, I'll try and... Because otherwise you have to say allegedly. Uh, right. Or you get sued. Allegedly is going on all of this. Um, but to wind it back to the beginning, they had a show on that was on Channel 5 or 5 US. Yeah. Um, five star whatever that was the British comeback and featured predominantly imports winning um, 
And then they announced the 128-man tournament in 30 shows across the year um, in quite big venues, like the Manchester Arena, Sheffield Arena, um, the Copper Box in London, really big um, music venues. Um, didn't announce any talent, really, apart from John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, I don't know how they're referring to him outside of Lucha Underground, um, Carlito, I think that was it. But now talent are coming out and saying, I was booked for this show, and now it's been cancelled. And it's meant to be next week, mm. if anyone's got any bookings available. Let next, me know. It's meant to be next week. It's meant to be next Saturday, the first oh, yeah. show. Um, it's, it's a weird one, because as a small promotion like that, I probably wouldn't have feel, uh, booked venues such as the Manchester Arena. you got to question who is financially backing it, like where are they getting their capital in the first place to feel so emboldened to be able to do that and think that they could actually do... I, you know, I admire the moxie of it and the gusto and, and the bravado, the belief that they could because if they, as somebody on the outside completely... They go, this is what we're doing. I go, wow, that's awesome. Well done. Like, that's pretty cool. But now that it's all falling apart and people aren't getting paid and things like that, then it becomes a financial nightmare because you wonder how it got this late in the day if they didn't have the finances to back it up in the first place. I mean, it's kind of similar with uh, the world of sport tapings that were... They got cancelled too, right? They got cancelled, but everyone knew they'd been cancelled a week before, somehow, a week before anything was officially announced um, which a lot of people are pissed off about they were like look everyone has said it's been cancelled why have you not put out a statement um, and yeah I mean it's interesting that they've done an 128 man tournament anyway because I'm not sure how you give everyone the value and the time that they need right? and how are you meant to remember 128 people that are in the tournament that's a difficult that's the, one in terms uh, of booking you get lost in the shuffle yeah stuff like that you can't care about everyone in that situation like a world cup is kind of easy um but 128 people it's difficult they they offered CM Punk a million pounds quite publicly I don't know if that was just to I mean it, gen- it got eyes on the product it got eyes on the product and it might have made people buy a ticket because oh, CM Punk might be there um and then they just have cancelled everything a week before it was meant to start without anyone announced, um, which is a strange one. Um, I mean, yeah, you, I don't know who was financially backing it. They managed to get on their first show on Channel 5, which was I mean, that's, that's a skill in itself. I mean, that was impressive to get terrestrial television like that. That, that, that wouldn't have been easy. Um, but it was carried... There's an undeniable irony to it because they were trying to revive British wrestling, ride the wave that everybody know is existing right now, but do it off the back of nothing but import talents. That doesn't make sense. That that categorically, fundamentally, is flawed. Yeah. Um, and I think that's their biggest problem out of the gate with their marketing strategy. They can't don't call this a British wrestling promotion if. You have no real like British talent on it, and the talent that you do have loses to the import talent. You're basically televising the shows from two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah. Um. So we that British wrestling man. Happy. It's, I'm happy. Well, it like we've said, there's two sides of it. Of course. Um, the long and short of it is 
are the British invading or are the Americans invading? Plundering. We yes, plundering. We hope that we've uh, Yankee plundering. We've made you ask yourself some questions. I think we've all grown a little bit as people. I think we have. Um, a lot of things needed to be said. A lot of things weren't said. A lot of shoes were stolen, but they were. Um, and I will continue to send flowers and chocolate to the Hackney showroom every day in a hope that they will not let the WWE ever use that venue and run us out of town. You can um, join uh, join sides with Ricky Knight. Yeah. Form an alliance. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to buy tickets for Unprofessional Wrestling, yes. of course you do. It's featuring talent such as Zach Gibson and El Liguero. El Liguero is looking for bookings for next Saturday because of the cancellation. Um, next Saturday being... Just hire him for a birthday party. Just hire him anyway, right? Yeah, just to hang out. Regardless of the fact that I he's... I that dude's super cool to drink a Corona with. Uh, he's Mexican, though. But he is the most northern Mexican How wrestler. dare you, sir. Um, yeah, so featuring Zach Gibson, El Liguero, Sebastian, Parcel William Eva, some of the best UK talent. So who's who of UK talent? It really and is. a good way, a good little lovely way to finish this podcast, it would not be possible for us to do a show using only British talent if it wasn't for companies like Progress and ICW who that yes they had to use import talent at the beginning but that's because you, we, no one was in a position where they could do shows with just British talent this is truly an all British show there are no imports on this show well apart from Liguero who's from Mexico apart from Liguero yeah. who is coming from Mexico from Mexico um, see yeah. yeah, so it's thanks to guys like Progress and ICW that we're able to do a show with just British talent because now... Uh, I mean, that's... Sorry, just to interject real quick. It is thanks to them, but it's thanks to every other promotion as well that was waving the flag yeah. when, when there was no scene to be found, you yeah. know? When it was dying or on its doldrums and... It's all thanks to those guys, the little guys too, you know, all coming together and seeing it through before these bigger guys that you're mentioning in RevPro as well helped elevate it even more to the stratosphere. So thank you to everyone. Um, like, and we hope you want to buy a ticket and we hope to see you there at the show. If you want to come to the show, I'm talking to the laptop and I shouldn't be, I should be talking to the microphone. Or me. I'm an idiot. Or you. Just imagine I'm the people. Um... Buy a ticket at www.unprowrestling.co.uk slash tickets. Um, yeah. We Hit up to Twitter you. too. Hit up Twitter, unpro underscore wrestling or unprofessional wrestling on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Kieran Liley. I mainly just tweet about take that. Um, you can follow Steve, but you probably don't want to, so we won't even bother saying his Twitter name, at Steve Tendo. At Steve Tendo. Steve, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. It was great talking to you. Good hanging out, man. Good seeing you. It really wasn't. <laughs>